0: Everybody, Duke Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. So great to have you here with us on this Friday, April 14th, 2023. A lot to discuss going on in the Duke men's basketball world as we're getting excited for next season, all these roster decisions that have been made and announced going into next year. And who better to talk about all of that with Then our good pal Brian Horace from Duke Blogger, who's going to join us here in a matter of moments. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked On Blue Devils for free. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're available each and every day. You can watch the show on YouTube as well. Make sure you check us out uh, over there. Hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. So show us some love. We appreciate you watching us each and every day. Without further ado, let me bring on my good pal, Brian Horace, who's back with us for the first time in quite some time. Brian, I hope that you're doing well. Thanks for being here today.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, man. How are you?
0: I am quite well. Thank you for asking. Uh, excited for this upcoming season. We were just talking, though, it, it, we've got a ways to go until real games will be played. There's part of me that still thinks about that Tennessee game and how the NCAA tournament shaped up with how great Duke was playing down the stretch. You really can play a lot of what-if hypotheticals with this past year squad.
1: Oh without a doubt I mean you know injuries here, uh, you know a bad call here or there. I mean it's it's very easy to to, to play that what if game but uh, future still looks bright.
0: What was the biggest difference for Duke down the stretch this season? Obviously, they go on this massive, massive ACC title run following the <laughs> no-call foul on Kyle Filipowski in that UVA game in Charlottesville. We haven't got a chance to connect. I'm curious, what was the biggest difference down the stretch?
1: I think it was a number of things. I think, one, obviously moving moving Tyrese Proctor, you know, to on the ball and Jeremy Roach to off the ball so he could, more, you know, focus more on scoring the ball. I think also the emergence of Derek Lively, Um, you know, he was, you know, defensively a menace and a lob threat, you know, on the offensive end of the floor. I think the shooting of Derek Whitehead was also a huge factor as well. I think, you know, those those few things, I think, really set, you know, Duke on a path to get to where they got to.
0: And they got to a title. That's where exactly where the Stoop team got. Last night, we saw the Duke team have their annual banquet at the end of the year, recognizing the 2023 ACC champions. And while we're still hurt over the Tennessee game and the exit in the NCAA tournament, that squad always has a championship to reflect back on.
1: Uh, without a doubt. I mean, the, you know, they raised that banner and uh, they'll always have that. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can build upon that going into the next season for sure.
0: Yeah, really excited to see what this next year squad looks like now that we've seen some decisions being made. Kyle Filipowski, the biggest one this week. So many people excited about it. 16 double-doubles this past season out there on the floor. I mean, when you think about Flip's freshman season, Brian, how would you evaluate it?
1: Yeah, I think um, obviously he had some uh, some physical trials here and there and and some, some things that did not go his way. But overall, I mean – you couldn't ask for for a better freshman season. I mean, he he gave Duke all he had, and uh, you know he was um, he was you know uh, arguably their best player. You know, for most of the season, he along with obviously um, Jeremy Roach. And I think you know it's it's tough to see a world where he doesn't improve going into next season. And honestly, Duke is very lucky to be able to get him back. You know, for a, for a sophomore season that doesn't really happen often. At Duke, when you have a good freshman season, generally you're you're jumping ship, you know, taking that NBA cash. But, uh, you know, Flip said he wanted to stick around and and leave, you know, a bit more of a mark at Duke. And, uh, you know, John Shire's very lucky to have that happen.
0: Yeah, Duke fans are lucky that we get to watch him wear that uh, Duke jersey for yet another season. Uh, For the immediate impact, the immediate success – we're seeing from the national perspective so many people putting Duke as a preseason top five team. Some even number one in the country going into the year, and we don't even know what the rest of this team is going to look like in regards to possible transfers coming in and that sort of thing. The Philipowski angle alone, Brian, for next year's team, how big of an impact is it that he is coming back?
1: Oh, it's huge! It's huge! It's you know, it's 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 another year of experience. You know, instead of having to fill that role with a freshman who, you know, obviously they're always going to be hit or miss. You have a known entity. You have a, you know, you have a someone that, you know, is going to at very least be as productive as he was this past season. You know, but you hope there's a sophomore jump as well. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that's been through some wars. And, you know, that I think, along with a couple of other returnees, was probably the single biggest uh Recruiting hall for John Shire, just getting, you know, a sophomore season out of flip.
0: No doubt, I'm so excited that uh, he's going to get that sophomore season, and that you know, anytime you think about a player coming back for another season, improvements are bound to happen. Like we will see a better version of Kyle Filipowski year in and year out and night in and night out even. And um, his personality is one that I'm really excited to have coming back for the squad, had a really cool video announcing his return. And then a little bit later on his Instagram feed, Filipowski put out 10 photos titled the caption, the best of the worst and some of his just competitive, goofy faces that he was making throughout the game and anybody that can laugh and have fun with themselves like I'm all for that I saw Tyrese Proctor in the comments telling Flip that he was a meme for real uh, <laughs> on Instagram so anybody that can have a lot of fun with themselves I'm certainly uh that makes me happy
1: <laughs> it harkens back to when uh when uh, actual John Shire was a Duke and uh no kidding I think we're, we're posting that the, the the Shire comparison. face, yeah. the
0: Shire face. When you oh, yeah. get competitive, you never know what that face is going to look like in this moments. Something about
1: that number connection,
0: yeah, and, and, and their connection is deeper than just the jersey number, it appears, with the way they act and that sort of thing. All right, so Duke has a really good team going into next year, it certainly seems. Let's talk a little bit more about that after this next time out here on the program. Locked on Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack? but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste. I've got just the thing for you built bars and built puffs built bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously. They taste so amazing. You won't think that they're good for you, but they certainly are. And again, covered in 100% chocolate. You can now find these at your local Walmart or Sam's Club, and you can still get your specialty flavors online at Built.com. That's right. Head to the nearest Walmart, walk up to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, my personal favorite, at Walmart directly. Built Bar is a proud sponsor of Lockdown Blue Devils. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Brian Horace at Duke Blogger on Twitter. A couple of other decisions for sophomores coming back. We've got Tyrese Proctor and Mark Mitchell that announced they will be returning for their sophomore season. Uh, let's talk Proctor first. What does it mean for Duke?
1: Well, again, I think it means everything. I think two years was always the plan, but obviously with, with the high-profile end of the season for the Blue Devils, I think – You know, it's another blessing for Shire to be able to get him to come back. I think, you know, there's room for improvement, even though he had, you know, a very good freshman season. There's room for improvement. And I I think we'll see that, you know, going into next year with, you know, not only his decision making, I think he'll shoot a lot better next year as well. I think a lot of things, you know, for him are going to come together this this, you know, this next season.
0: Really excited to see what he could do that next year, right? The shooting percentage, like you alluded to, is something that you want to see continue to improve. Filipowski even the same, right? Like you think about uh, three-point shooting, how pivotal it's been for Duke basketball over the years. You could argue, looking at the roster right now, not even forecasting freshmen coming in or transfers, I I think you could make an argument that Proctor and Filipowski could be two of the guys up there in shot attempts for next season and for Duke's success, the more efficient they are. I mean, that's common sense, the better the team is going to be able to play. And the three point percentage numbers for both players is a direct area where we would love to see. And Duke would greatly benefit from their improvement.
1: Oh, without a doubt. I think, you know, both guys are, you know, I think they're both better shooters than they showed this season. And I I think going into next year, you know, Obviously, getting to know each other even a little better, knowing where you know they want the ball in spots, and I think with Proctor, his uh, his in, his instincts are very good as a passer as well, and I think you know that's going to aid you know in not only Flip but other guys getting you know really good looks at, at, the, uh, at the at the three point attempts.
0: Yeah, uh, Mark Mitchell is the other sophomore returning for another season. You talk about three point shooting; uh, that's not the first thing that comes to mind. For his game, uh, we often talk about the line drive shots that he had. They don't look the best, but for a while, he was one of the top percentage guys uh, for Duke this season. Beyond the three point shooting, what does his return mean?
1: Oh, I think you know it's it's another you know huge benefit for Duke. I mean, he's he's probably one of the guys with the highest ceilings on the team. I think you know um, athletically, you know, I'm sure he'll make a jump. He's a guy with the highest motor. I think on the team, you know, along with Flip. You know, he gives them that dynamic wing and I, you know, I look for him to be a better finisher next year. You know, I think, you know, confidence, you know, will be one of the more improved features of his game. And, you know, I think his shot will improve as well. I think, you know, obviously, you know, more looks for him, I think will 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 you know, come with Proctor being back at the, uh, at the point guard spot. But I think Mitchell, he's the guy, he's the glue guy. He's the guy that I think, and, and especially defensively, I mean, he was one of Duke's, if not Duke's better, you know, best defenders along with Lively. And I think that's the sort of the unsung part of his game And I think he brings is just that tenacious defense.
0: Yeah, a lot of people wonder if Olivier Kamakwa would have the game that he had for Tennessee had Mark Mitchell been in there, the assignment could have been in place. Again, that's a a whole other what-if topic for another day. But uh, with Mark, the defense, you're right, Brian, is something that we do talk about immediately, right away. The other thing... I love to remind people of, uh, it's just his scoring effort. And the fact that, you know, we had that stat running, what was it? 17 and one, 18 and one, whatever it was for Duke this season, when we saw Mark Mitchell score in double figures, why was that the case? That's the one follow-up that I personally haven't discussed with anyone. Why do you find it that Duke was so overwhelmingly effective when Mark Mitchell of all players reached that double digit scoring threshold?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think he's a guy that when he does score, it's it's more of a it's 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 a gravy situation. He's not necessarily looked on to score. When he is scoring, generally it's it's off of, you know, putbacks. He's getting rebounds and going back up with it. He's driving the ball
0: great point. into the
1: foul line, but he's also hitting those threes. You know, he hit some pretty clutch threes, you know, for Duke this season as well. So I think when you have other guys coming to the plate putting what they normally put in and you get, you know, nine, ten, eleven from him. It just, it just takes Duke to that next level, and it's another guy that you know the defense has to account for.
0: Because Mark is not a guy that's going to be there creating his own shot. You're leaving it up for the shot creators of last year's squad, whether it be Roach or Proctor, Filipowski even. And then when you do get someone who's just there to fill in their role, yeah, the gravy element to it, I think that's perfectly right. I think you're exactly right. Yeah, excited to see what Mark Mitchell can do uh, right. going into next season for sure. A couple of sophomores made the decision uh, to not have a sophomore season, I should say, uh, in Derek Whitehead and Derek Lively, the second. Um, are you like the rest of uh, the Duke online basketball community in that you assumed that would be the direction that they went?
1: I think that was a a good assumption before they even stepped foot in there. I mean, those guys were,
0: <laughs> We've had that you know, one for a fire, while.
1: Yeah. Fire first rounders, you know, and I, you know, I think you know lively would have been even more impressive if he hadn't gotten injured. And I think the same thing for, for Whitehead, you know, I think injuries curtailed, you know, their progress, but I think both really turned up that progress starting, you know, middle to late season and, and started to really show why they were, you know, top five guys coming in, you know, from high school. You know, you know, lively that, you know, that ceiling is just massively high for him considering, you know, the injuries he's had and the role he was asked to, to play. He's just, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. And obviously Whitehead with his shooting didn't come in with a reputation as, as a really good shooter, but he really worked on that part of his game. And that's one of the, you know, the aspects of, you know, player development that people don't really understand is that yeah. Whitehead came in with more of a, of a reputation as a slasher and an alpha guy and, when he did get injured that role had to change and you know working with you know with with you know Jay Lucas and, and and the other members of the staff you know acquiring that ability to hit those threes and to do it regularly and with you know good efficiency I think that really put you know in addition to what he did in high school him you know put him in the eyes of the uh, the NBA guys it's like okay wait a minute this guy is a little more than just this slasher guy and then that part of his game will come back you know to him as well but adding this extra feature is just, you know, it's another, you know, tool in his toolbox.
0: Yeah. Brian, when we talk Whitehead specifically here, I am, I'm talking three point shooting all the time. My favorite. Uh, You felt the best throughout the year when Whitehead was the one getting those, it just felt automatic. Like it was so smooth. And to think to your point that that's not what we were expecting, right? The alpha mentality is what I certain like a downhill ball in hand type player and yet, it turned into a little bit more of a spot up role for Whitehead, and he absolutely excelled on the offensive end for Duke.
1: Yeah, I remember when Nate James was uh, was a coach at Duke. He called the those shots, you know, money makers or uh, you know, contract makers. If you can <laughs> yeah. hit those shots, and ability to what he already brought to the table, you know, physically in terms of his build, his size, you know, his ability off the bounce, those types of things, in addition to what he can do now from beyond the arc. I mean, he's he's going to be a killer in the league.
0: Going to make a lot of money, that's for sure. So excited to see where those guys end up, absolutely. Taking a look at next year's squad, uh, again, We you think about these decisions that have to be made, Jeremy Roach has declared for the NBA draft, still does have the opportunity to come back maintaining his college eligibility. What are you hearing? What does your gut tell you on this one, Brian?
1: My gut tells me, you know, he'll be back. But again, you know those those things are always fluid. I mean, he has the you know
0: you could wake up tomorrow feeling totally different. It can be completely
1: (laughs) different, exactly. And you know, obviously, he'll get you know he'll get his feedback. He'll see where he stacks up against the other guys, you know, that are declaring for the draft. Um, In the end, it may just come down to the fact that, like you know, being at Duke is it's a it's a high profile place. You, You know, you get the best of everything. You know, if, if he does end up staying in the draft, going to the G League, it's it's a whole different ballgame and it's it's not an easy life. It it really isn't. I mean you you know, you go to those G League games and it's not a lot of people there and there's, you know, they're they're not taking care of you like they do in, in college. So it'll it'll come down to like, am I ready to get my pro career started? Don't wanna, you know, spend another year in the sort of the, the lap of luxury that is you know, that is college athletics. So it's it's a tough decision and I don't think he can go wrong either way, honestly.
0: Yeah, it'd be big for him to come back for the Stoop team. They do already have a ton of ball handlers going into next season in that backcourt, which is great. Uh, that's definitely going to be a chess piece, a chess puzzle uh, for that coaching staff to sort of figure out how to allocate the ball distribution and that sort of thing. But uh, that's what they're paid the big dollars for, and we'll have plenty of time to discuss those things in the coming days and weeks. Looking at this year's team, again, we're just kind of forecasting what next year's roster could look like we also have other scholarship players uh, needing to make decisions, I reckon, um, in terms of Ryan Young has that extra year of COVID-19 eligibility. He very quickly let the world know that he would be playing a sixth season of college basketball. And then now we're living in a world where players like Jaden Shoot and Jalen Blakes and Christian Reeves, you assume they're going to have to make some form of a public statement whether or not – they're going to be back. John Shire was on radio in, in the Raleigh-Durham area earlier in the week, mentioned those three players specifically, almost as if they're expected to return for this upcoming season. So what are you hearing in regards to that uh, when you continue to build out the depth of next year's squad?
1: Yeah, I, I think those guys, you know, at, at least the majority of them I think will be back. It's hard to say, you know, like, like I said earlier, things are fluid. They change on a dime. You never know, you know, Monday you wake up feeling one way, Tuesday you you may wake up feeling another. But I I think those guys are on a path to playing time if they stick around. It's just a matter of, you know, hopefully they understand and share the vision, you know, that the staff has for them. And that, you know, hey, we're we're trying to get you where you're going to be not only productive for us, but also productive for yourselves. And I think at very least two or three of those, you know, two or two of those three will stick around. It's just hard to say.
0: So, the transfer portal of it all, uh, and players possibly joining Duke, not leaving Duke to enter the transfer portal. uh, But that's obviously something that's going to pick up here um, as we get moving towards May. Uh, We know Caden Chedrick from Virginia a year ago, uh, from the Holly Springs area originally, right there, Raleigh Durham. And uh, he's a candidate to transfer into Duke. Are you hearing any other names? What do you expect? the transfer portal to look like for the blue devils.
1: Yeah, it's, I haven't heard a lot, you know, in terms of names, Uh, you know, we, we do know Duke's looking, you know, for a, you know, possible replacement for uh, the production that Derek Lively gave them, you know, a rebounder, a lob threat, rim runner, you know, a guy that can defend in space. Shedrick was mentioned as having visited Duke, I believe at very least, you know, there was some mutual interest. Hadn't heard a lot of names yet. It's still, you know, somewhat early in the portal process i think for duke so you know there are guys mentioned that haven't been in that aren't in the portal yet that i won't mention just you know out of respect for their you know sure. situations but um i think they will acquire someone it's just a <laughs> someone is it's going to be uh it's going to be a process. It's going to be the big question. Well, it's always
0: great to catch up with you, spend a little time talking about Duke basketball. You do such a remarkable job following the team, covering the team. Again, all of your work on Twitter at Duke DukeBlogger, DukeBlogger.com. Give me a moment here, Brian, if you will. Promote your work, what you got going on, and where people, again, can find that.
1: Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at Duke Blogger. Everything I do on the uh, the web starts there. Um obviously dukeblogger.com everything i do there gets translated and trends you know moved over to twitter as well so you know come let's come have a you know have a conversation let's talk
0: i love that i love that well thanks for being on the podcast today brian we'll do this again sometime soon okay
1: sure appreciate it man
0: all right that's my pal brian horace joining us on today's episode of lockdown blue devils and that's going to bring our show to a close once again please make sure that you follow us Wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and review. So excited to continue to talk about the Stuke basketball offseason with you. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.